Joining us right now, Tim Hudak, former leader of Ontario's Conservatives, now with the Ontario Real Estate Association. Good morning, sir. Good morning, John Moore. Welcome back. Thank you very much. It's nice to be back. So have you seen the Barbie movie? I've not seen it yet. This is going to be actually a nice time. Deb and the girls are are planning to head to it. Maybe have them invite some friends along for a big pink party. So all the best to them. I have not seen it. I might be excluded from that plan. All right. But uh, you didn't lose your stuff over the weekend when we discovered that Justin Trudeau and his son were going to see it. No, not at all. It is really um, uh, well. For, first of all, good good for him. Um, it looks, you know, going through the this the separation, you're spending some family time. I mean, he does have a tendency a bit to to jump on trends. That's that's what I find a bit superficial from occasion because uh, a, a prime minister have not seen really drive issues lately. Um, known for hopping on bandwagons, but boy, the o- overreaction of, uh, of some of the, the critics is incredibly uh, over the top. And it is almost like he has this, as his father did, um, Pierre Elliott Trudeau, an ability to bait the hook and everybody just jumps on board. Uh, and he did it once again. Okay, well, and I don't, I'm not going to dwell on this forever, but it does lead to our next story in a moment. But do you actually think that Justin Trudeau was trolling people or he was just taking a picture of himself and his son? I think, well, is my theory there, John, is it's a picture of himself and his son and then jumping on trends. I, I just see a prime minister that uh, has a, a tendency to see if there's a, a, a popular trend happening to say me too and jump on board. That's what I see here. But otherwise, just picture of him and his son. So the Center for Media Technology and Democracy coming out with a study that says that polarization uh, in politics and ideology have been spiking since about 2015. Not surprisingly really. And in particular, I've noticed this trend on Twitter, now X, that is so alienating, I'm ready to give up. I just find that people deliberately say enraging, stupid things just to see what's going to happen. Yeah, that's part of that, John. I just think it goes deeper. And this this puzzles me and has me concerns. My, my theory is things tend toward the better, that civilization advances, that, you know, we, we do much better job at, at raising each other up. But there's this, this concerning trend. I, I try to puzzle through it. And, and the article actually talks a few things. I think it tells a bit of a convenient story, though. I just I just feel that there is a, a narrowing among us. A, because of social media, your your views can um, seem that had previously seemed extreme, become much more common when you get in small groups and, and share conspiracy theories or particular, particular media sites. It, it accelerated during COVID, I have no doubt about that. I think it's caused by displacement from the workforce, especially among young men um, with, without a college degree. I think they found a sense of displacement. Certainly the traditional nativism, the anti-immigration sentiment, it helps fuel that, a, a view that the values around you are changing. You blame that for your economic fate. I, I think that has accelerated through through COVID, you know, married with the, the media of social media, but I, I, I don't, I don't say it's right wing only. I think extremism can be right or left or just anti-establishment or anti-group. Like that explains the, the incels, Antifa, terrorism, right wing extremism, all of that. I, I still believe in my gut, though, John, that like Martin Luther King Jr. said, the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice. I think this is a, uh, an ebb and flow, but things yeah. will still go to the better. Oh, I hope you're right, because I actually think it is a it's like a bell jar. And so and it's a small one, but it's an intense conf- conflict oriented struggle that goes on. And uh, probably the less time we spend on Twitter, the better. 
<laughs> Maybe that's it. Okay, so what do you make of this family in Burlington? They insisted they spent a lot of money and they were curating a beautiful, tall garden that had flowers for butterflies and bees. The city said, nope, you're not allowed to have, I forget the exact height, uh, probably you have it in the brief in front of you, but you're not allowed to have anything growing above this certain level. You got to cut it down or we will. And ultimately the city did cut it down. Yeah, it was 20, 20 centimeters. Um, I'm usually, I'm usually not on the side of the the busybodies, John. I'm, I'm usually on the other team, but to be honest, here I kind of am. Look, I mean, I guess you could say that one person's weeds are another person's garden, but but this looked like a, a forest of plants that can be noxious, can spread easily. Ever since we emerged from the caves and walked out of the forest and you know built communities and neighborhoods, I think there is a basic rule that you should have some respect for your neighbors and those around around you by keeping your property at a certain level. You know, I, I remember in my time in politics, you'd find those occasional yards that look like a junk heap that have all kinds of trash on the lawn. You should clean those up out of respect for the community, the impact on your neighbors and the property values. And this seems to me a vegetation answer to that. Look, you want to have the occasional coneflower or black-eyed Susan, you know, in your garden in a controlled manner. G- God bless you. You know, feed the butterflies, the bees, have at it. But when it looks like something that you walk into the forest with the bears and the deer, be embarrassed by its unkempt nature, <laughs> that goes too far. I'm with the city and cutting it down. Uh, new figures show the Trudeau government has spent uh, nearly double the amount from three years ago on polling. I find this to be kind of interesting because let's face it, when Whenever you're in opposition, you'll complain about government polling. Then you get into government and you start polling. Um, but not all polling is like, if we do something like this, is it going to make us popular? It's actually asking people, you know, what would you do if we enacted this policy? Yeah, I, this is a, an example where the system ain't broke. As long as the information is made publicly available so others can benefit from it, and there is a degree of scrutiny from taxpayers to decide if they're asking the wrong questions or they're charging too much. And I suspect here's another arc of it. This goes up over time with any particular government. You know, my view when I was in politics, particularly as leader of the Ontario PC party, was, was the best poll are actually the MPs and MPPs there in the House. They have a, an extraordinary ability when they're in their communities going from event to event throughout the weekends of having their own barometer, John, to see what issues are resonating, how people conceive those issues and talk about them. That, that's invaluable. But sometimes you got to go deeper than that when you're evaluating government's programs or success, what people's priorities are going to be for an upcoming budget, and polling is justified. If you're asking about, you know, electability, what party you're going to vote for, what do you think of the prime minister? Well, then you pay that out of your yeah. political budget. But those general policy questions are valid as long as you let the sun shine in so taxpayers can see what was asked and how much it cost. Okay, and one last story. Curious about your thoughts on the idea of artificial intelligence helping people to represent themselves in court. And I'd say as long as it's not generating bogus precedents, then maybe it is helping. <laughs> that's, that's true, right? The AI came up with uh, legal precedents that were, I think, out of uh, a movie or a book. But look, you know, you know why not? Um, I think it'd be a little creepy to have a robot lawyer in front of a jury. That probably won't work for you. But if you're doing your own research, you're representing yourself in court, particularly in areas where, you know, a lawyer may be very expensive, not worth the return. Small claims court, being in front of a justice of the peace. Even some will represent themselves in divorce proceedings. Uh, this makes a lot of sense. You can actually then do a much better job representing yourself, saving costs, and advancing your case. So if you want to bring that robot lawyer with you, you're representing yourself, you should have that right to do it at a better quality. Thank you very much, sir. Good to have you this morning.
Have a great day. Tim Hudak on the morning brief. He is the former leader of Ontario's Conservatives, which, you know, also very much informs some of those stories, including the idea of government polling. I think government polling, you'll think if it's done by a government you like, then you'll say, well, they're just asking me what I think. And if it's done by a government you hate, I'll look at them cravenly spending my money.